This morning, we're going to be in uh, Luke chapter 11, and, uh, and it's going to be great. I'm excited for this morning. This morning is, is our launch Sunday, so what that means is, is that we'll be talking about uh, what the theme for the year is. And so the point of launch Sunday for us is, is, okay, where is it that the Lord is leading us this year? Our vision doesn't change, right? The vision of Emmanuel is to awaken, revive, and redeem the city of Cleveland and its people. That's the point. That's the heart of Emmanuel, right? But, but really, when we do that, what does that look like on a year-to-year basis? And so that's why we have Launch Sunday. We, we're coming out of a fast, right? Today's the last day of our fast, and, and so we're coming out of that, and it's been 21 days, and man, it has been incredible. It's been a really powerful time. If, you, if you've been at Kingdom Nights, even on Wednesday nights, like the Spirit has just really been moving. It's been an incredible time with the Lord, and I'm excited. Actually, this Wednesday, we're going to be talking about and just opening up for anybody that wants to give a testimony of what's happened. So if you have a testimony, if God's done something during this time in your life, in your heart, you don't have to go into super big detail. It can just be, hey, we want to give glory to God for this because of this fast. And so that'll be this Wednesday night in here. Okay, so for our adult service uh, on Wednesday night when we gather, we're just going to be talking about the testimonies of God. What has God done? What has God spoken to your heart? Uh, different things, because we want to hear about that, right? As we all overcome the enemy, right? In, in Revelation, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, what Jesus has done, and the word of their testimony, right? And so what has God done? It builds our faith to be able to see what God has done. And so, uh, so be there for that this Wednesday. If you would stand to your feet, we're going to read God's word. But before we read God's word, as we're standing up, part of Launch Sunday as well is us celebrating what God has done this past year. And so we went in, and, and I, I looked through some different things, and God did a lot that's worth celebrating last year. It's crazy to think that God actually, he, he moved in such a mighty way. So last year's theme was love the house, right? That was our theme last year. And so you, we all raised with, with the help of God, right? Yeah. By God's help and spirit, we raised $38,905 for love the house. That's incredible. That's the provision of the Lord, right? To do things like, like painting and, and taking care of the things around the church. We, we did that through different fundraisers, right? We had our, our garage sale. We had our very first car show. And, you know, we had over 65 cars here at Emmanuel. You know, normally, like a normal first car show, I was talking to people and they're like, yeah, you'll probably get like 25. Like, all right, cool. Like 25 is great. Like, praise God. And then like, I think 25 were in line, like before the gates even opened kind of thing. It was crazy. The Lord did such an amazing thing in bringing all those cars here. We also had the pumpkin patch that, that laid into, went into the harvest party. But we had over 150 hours spent loving the house through serving at work days and fundraisers. We, we were able to, to serve 80 foster teens. They all received a gift card for Christmas in Cuyahoga County. You, you gave gift cards for, so 80 foster teens, not only that, but you signed over like 200 cards for them, handwritten cards for them. 
810 hot cocoa bags were packed for every single social worker so that they could have a, a hot cocoa thank you from us for, as, their, as a Christmas gift that they were getting. 40 meals were made for social workers on Christmas Day. Over 700 food bags were given to children in need at Parma Academy. 11 families helped through benevolence and care. These are things that, that they just came to us and they say, hey, we really need help with this. Well, if we can help you, absolutely, we want to be able to do that. 182 people were in attendance at our harvest party and 98 in attendance at our back-to-school rally. That, that 98 individuals are all from Parma Academy, and the 102 were, were, don't even go to our church. They just came. Over 65 cars at our first ever car show. We had one baby dedication, two water baptisms, and seven salvations. Isn't God good? It's so incredible to see. And we look around and we say, man, that, like we did that. through the, Lo- the Lord through us did that, right? How incredible that is. And so this year, again, that was last year, Love the House. And, and this year we have a new theme. And that theme, we're going to continue on the love theme, but it's going to be Love the Land. That's our theme for this year, is going to be Love the Land. And we're going to talk about that a little bit and, and what that looks like. But really, this, this Love the House is, is the, the part of Love the House was we want to prepare this place for what God wants to do. We want to prepare this place for the harvest and what God wants to do. And so this morning, we're going to be talking about Love the Land. Luke chapter 11 is where we're going to be. We're going to be in verses 17 through 23. We got it? We're there? All right. Luke chapter 11, verse 17, the word of the Lord says this, Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined and a house divided against itself will fall. If Satan is divided against himself, how can his kingdom stand? I say this because you claim that I drive out demons by Beelzebub. Now, if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your followers drive them out? So then they will be your judges. But if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own home, his possessions are safe. But when someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divides up his plunder. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. God, thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy. Thank you that you're so good to us. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would just be with us today. Lord, that you would just be moving. Father, it would not be my words spoken, but yours spoken through me. That those who would have an ear, let them hear the declaration of your word this morning. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Anybody like board games? Like anybody have like a family game night, right? You play board games and stuff. And Maybe, maybe you have siblings that you play board games with, and, and we would always sit down, and it'd be, most of the time, it'd be my, uh, my brother and my sister and my mother. We would play board games like Risk or Sorry or something like that, and, and it ended up being like, for some reason, every single time, I would always like team up with my sister because I didn't want my brother to win. And it was this weird competition between Gibson and I that, that he couldn't win. I had to show him, I'm the older brother, I can still beat you at something right? And so hopefully that was a monopoly, you know? Like, I'm not, I'm not giving anything. Like, you, you know what? No, you're not, you're not getting any leeway from me. You're going to have to 
you're going to have to audit, audit and mortgage everything. Like, that's the way it's going to be, right? And at the same time, even, even though Gibson and I would, I would be against Gibson, Gibson then would be against me. And in the reality was, is neither of us ended up winning the game. It ended up being my sister or my mom because we weren't, because they weren't warring against anyone. They were just playing for themselves. And so it ended up being this, this thing that Gibson and I were, would go against each other so often that neither of us would win. This passage, Jesus is, he's giving a response to those who would doubt his power. And he's talking about, he, he really gives two rebukes to individuals that are doubting his power. The first one is in line kind of with that understanding of if you're divided against yourself, neither, neither place wins. So he casts out a demon, and some people believe that it was through demonic power that he cast out a demon. He said it's by Beelzebub, the, by the devil, that he, is, he has been able to cast out these demons. And, and they said it quietly in the background, and, and Jesus, I love that it says Jesus knowing their thoughts. This is what he said to them, right? This is his response. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, he responds with a rebuke. He, re- he rebukes this line of thinking with two thoughts. The first one is found in verses 17 through 19. It's a kingdom divided and a house divided. He says that, he says that any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and a, whole house, and a house divided against itself will fall. If Satan is divided against himself, how can his kingdom stand? I say this because you claim that I drive out demons by Beelzebub. Now, if I do drive out demons by Beelzebub, my, by whom do your followers drive them out? So then they will be your judges. To hear Jesus, he's, his response and his rebuke is, well, isn't this kind of foolish what you're saying? It, this, this kind of argument that you're using, that I'm using demonic powers to cast out demonic things, is a little dumb, don't you think? And so he, he kind of goes into this, and, and really he's, he's sitting and he's making this moral argument that doesn't Satan only do bad things? Doesn't the word of God say that the enemy, Satan, has come to kill, steal, and destroy? Like, isn't that the point of it? Isn't the point for, for people to be possessed by demons? Isn't the point for them to be, to be under the weight of demonic oppression? Isn't that the point? So why in the world would Jesus... Say, you know what, we're not going to oppress this person over here. Even though I'm using the powers of Satan. You know, hell doesn't want that person. They want somebody else. And so that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying that makes no sense. That, that, doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. Therefore, to do something that is helpful contradicts what Satan does. It would have been better if he didn't do anything to that demon-possessed person. If he was really working for Satan. It makes no sense for Satan to cast out Satan, as that would be contradictory to his purpose to still kill and destroy. And also, then he, he goes on at the very end of that little argument in verse 19. He says, well, who do your followers drive them out by? See, Jewish exorcisms were were well-known. It was something that happened. It wasn't that Jesus came on the scene and then all of a sudden demons started fleeing. No, that, that demons and exorcisms happened. Demon possessions happened. 
And so there were Jewish exorcists that would go around and they would, they would pray out demons and, and they, would, they would cast out spirits and all of these things during that time. And so what he's saying is, is, if I'm doing it by the power of Satan, then what are all these other people doing it by? Is that truly the power of God? Or is it the power of Satan? In which case, you're endorsing satanic practice, which is not good. And so he's making this argument and then and then he has this dividing mark between the two responses in verse 20. He says, But if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. He's making this statement, this understanding of, no, no, I'll tell you what power I do have, where this power really comes from. And he says it comes from the finger of God. Now this is an expression used, and this would harken back to the understanding and really the uh, the memory of those who would know the Jewish scriptures, Exodus 8, 18 through 19. This is when the plagues are happening, the, the ten plagues on Egypt, and, and Moses is, is being used by God to essentially deliver his people. And as, there, as he's doing this, there's gnats, and the gnats are everywhere. And, and it says this, and verse 18 and 19, but when the magicians tried to produce gnats by their secret arts, they could not. Since the gnats were on people and animals everywhere, the magicians said to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. But Pharaoh's heart was hard and he would not listen, just as the Lord had said. And so here, he, Jesus is, is making this statement and it's very, very clear that he's, he's talking back to, hey, this happened once before. The finger of God was used before. It was to deliver. It was to move in. It was to cast out darkness. It was to deliver my people. It was to set people free. That was the point of the finger of God. You see that in Exodus. You also see it later on in, in Deuteronomy whenever they're talking about the new law being written and, or the second tablets, the, the Ten Commandments being written. And, and Moses says it was by God's very finger that the Ten Commandments were written on these stones. And so it's, it's this understanding of that the, the finger of God is, is the power of God for deliverance. It's something that is, that is used in order to deliver people and set people free. And then he says, well, it's by the finger of God that I do these things. And then if that's the case, and since that is the case, the kingdom of God has come upon you. This is the declaration that the dominion of heaven has come. Not fully. This is not the fully seen, fully realized kingdom of heaven, but it is just a glimpse, just a taste of what heaven is like, that there is no darkness in heaven. There is no sin. There is no addiction. There is no demonic activity. If, if fully the kingdom of heaven was there, then there would be no demon possessions, right? But it is an almost but not yet. It is we have a taste but haven't fully realized all of what heaven is. And so he's saying the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is here. Not in the fullness of heaven, but in part the power of heaven has come. And so he, he sticks that in in the middle of these two arguments that he's making against these people who have hardened hearts about what God is doing. First argument again was, well, that... That's kind of a dumb argument, don't you think? Because <laughs> Satan can't drive out. Why would Satan drive himself out? That doesn't make sense. Why would, why would darkness drive out darkness in order to put more darkness there? 
And he goes, but this is by the finger of God, the very thing that delivers. And the kingdom of God has come. And then he goes on to his second argument in verses 21 through 22. It says, when a strong man fully armed guards his own house, his possessions are safe. But when someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divides up his plunder. Jesus speaks, he's speaking of a strong man. This strong man is, is really, he's making it look as if the strong man is a peasant king. Someone who has some things, he's got a home, he's got some land, he's got some, some power. He has wealth and possessions, but there's someone stronger than him. And that someone stronger comes along and overpowers him, takes all of his stuff, plunders his home, and divvies it out amongst his people. Now in this analogy that Jesus is giving, the strong man here is Satan. He's saying a strong man has a home, he has a place, he has armor, he has all these things, and, and he thinks that he's good, but there's someone stronger that comes along, overpowers the strong man, and then the strong man has nothing. That person that's overpowering the strong man is Jesus. Another account in this, and you can find this account in, in both Mark and Matthew as well. In Mark chapter 3, it talks about the strong man being bound. Mark chapter 3, verse 27. In fact, no one can enter a strong man's house without first tying him up. Then he can plunder the strong man's house. He's sitting there and saying, if, if, if you want to go into a dark place, if you want to move into a dark place, the strong man has to be bound first. Can't just be roaming free. Once the strong man is overpowered, all of his things are plundered and it's divided up and given out. This year's theme is love the land. When I look around at the greater Cleveland area, I see a place and a people longing for the power of God. Violent crime is five times higher than the Ohio average in Cuyahoga County in Cleveland. Our county, for the third year in a row, has over 200 homicides. Almost 4,000 children are in foster care in Cuyahoga County alone. Over 250 fatal drug overdoses last year in Cleveland. There were over 1,500 hospitalizations due to, these, to, due to overdoses last year in Cleveland. Cuyahoga County has averaged over 600 fatal overdoses every year since 2016. One-third of Ohio abortions occur in Cuyahoga County. Cuyahoga County has, in Cleveland proper has a poverty rate of 29%. That's almost three times Ohio's poverty rate. Brothers and sisters, Cleveland is the strong man's house. If there was ever a time to plunder the strong man's house, it's now. If there was ever a need for the church to rise up and start bringing the light to dark places, it is now. And I'm here to say the theme of this year is this understanding that, brothers and sisters, the strong man is bound and it's time for us to go.
that Satan may be a lion prowling around seeking whom he may devour, but he's still a lion on a leash. He's still bound. There's still power that we have over darkness. There's power that we have in these, in these dark places to bring light to these places. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, Jesus telling Peter, giving, giving Peter his new name, saying, on this rock I will plant my church. And it says the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. You know what that means? That's not just a defensive thing that Jesus is talking about. He's also talking about offensively. That you can go anywhere, you can, you can do anything for the kingdom, and Hades, hell will not prevail against you. That's what Jesus is talking about. This is the reason why, why Love the House was important last year, so that we could understand, so that we could prepare, so that we could get ready for, for moving into these dark places to start plundering the strong man's house. You may look around and be like, well, Pastor, there's, I mean, Cuyahoga County population is 1.2 million people. How in the world is, are 60 people going to change that? The Bible I read says that Jesus changed the world with 12 disciples. The Bible I read says that the gospel got taken to Asia Minor and Europe by one man. The Bible I read says that nothing's impossible with God. If he's for us, then who can be against us? And so we spent all last year getting ready, preparing, and, and man, we had, we had time for us to spend time together, for us to build each other up, for us to connect with each other, all of those things. And we're still going to have connection events and have those times where we can connect and grow closer together. Because why? Because when we're all at war and we have the shield wall, I need to be able to trust the person on my right and my left to hold up their shield. So it's time to go into the harvest fields. And so what does this look like for us? Well, it looks like one of the main ways that we're going to do this is we're just going to build on the outreaches that we did last year. You know, it's, it's interesting. We did a lot of stuff last year, and, and, and if you heard me talk about this, the, the point of last year was kind of like, hey, let's throw everything at the wall, see what sticks and see what doesn't. Let's just figure out what we are. Let's figure out where, where, what, the, what the need of the community is. Let's just figure this stuff out. And so we did a lot of stuff. We did. But through that, the Lord has given us, again, some, some time to be able to sit there and say, okay, now you know what works. Now let's move forward. And so we're going to build on our outreaches. We want to make this place, this facility, a lighthouse for the gospel. That's the point. The point of this place is to be a lighthouse for the gospel. So that means that our, our big three serves, or our big three community events that we're going to have this year are, are ones that we've already had. We, we had the extravaganza the Saturday before, uh, before Easter, before Resurrection Day. And so we're going to have that again, only we're going to invite the whole community to it. We're going to have back-to-school rally, and we're going we're gonna to push for... for Parma Academy to come and us just love on that, those families. They love us there. 
It's crazy how much they love us. It's crazy how much favor we've been given with that school. The last event that we did with them was, hey, could you just come and just like be? We don't really have anything for you to do. We just want you to stand around and love on people. Cool. That's great. You tell me a school that's willing to, that, that wants a church just to be there. And so we're going to build on back to school rally. We're going to build on the harvest party. Again, 182 people that don't go to our church. We're here at our church. We're going to use our facility to reach the community. Maybe that looks like, hey, you know, we have a beautiful outside facility. Maybe that looks like, hey, let's, let's put up a volleyball net and let's just have, hey, Friday nights are going to be volleyball nights. Let's hang out. We, we had tons of people just coming and using our volleyball court this past year. Why don't we just actually have people around that, that'll just preach the gospel and be a gospel person for them? Why not? What about expanding the car show to, to not just being one-time event, but maybe it's, maybe it's a couple cruise-ins where cars just come in for free and we just love on them. So th- this place is, is HQ. This place is, is a bastion of hope, a, a lighthouse for the gospel right here in our community. And so it's going to be that, but it's not just that. See, if we, if we sit there and we say, okay, we're going to love the land, we're going to love Cleveland, um, and it's, but it's only going to be from our walls. That doesn't make sense. And so we're not just going to be doing that. We're going to go out into the community. We're going to bring Jesus to them. And so this summer, look, Wednesday nights are going to look different this summer. We might be downtown evangelizing. We might be walking around praying for people. We might be doing prayer walks in places. It might look different. Because the point is, is, is we're... We have the light. Let's bring it to places. This isn't the strong man's house. This is the house of God. Right? Out there's the strong man's house, so let's go plunder it as much as we can. We want to continue to work at Parma Academy. We want to continue to, to, to move in and to, and, and to lean in to, to the favor that we've been given there. We want to continue to, to partner with, uh, with, with Child and Family Services. Because, again, there's, like eight, there's 802 social workers in Cuyahoga County. And the door has just been opened wide up for us to serve them. Like, I, I thought that we were, it's gonna, it was going to take us like a year. Like, hey, how can we serve? Hey, what do you need us to do? Hey, I'll just be here for three hours every single week just sitting in a corner. If anybody wants to talk to me, I'm here. I'll, even, I'll do paperwork, whatever that looks like. How, how can we help serve? And we just walked in and said, hey, this is kind of what's on our heart. Is that something that we can do? We were just talking about this last week. We'd love for you to come in and do that. You said that the Lord's not in that? Like, don't you see that the, the strong man is bound, that we're, we're working towards all of these things to, to see Cleveland awakened, revived, and redeemed? So we're going to go out in our community. We're going to continue those things. We're going to continue to part. We're going to partner with some local ministries to serve our communities. There's some wonderful Christian organizations that love their communities in this area. 
Places like the Hope Center. Man, they, they love Cleveland. Their heart is to change Cleveland, is to redeem Cleveland, is to restore Cleveland. That's what we want to do too. So maybe it's partnering with them. Maybe it's partnering with another ministry called Nehemiah, the Nehemiah Mission. They help. They build. They do all these different things. It's incredible what they do for the city. We could partner with them. And it's also, finally, so we have building on what we've already done here. We've, we're, we're creating a bastion of hope, a lighthouse for the gospel here. We're going to take that light out into the community. We're going to partner with people that are already taking that light out and, and just linking our lights up and going for it. And then finally, we want to help facilitate church planting in the area. Now hear me. I'm not saying we're planting a church. Okay? That'll come when we're ready. All right? We're not ready yet. Okay? But we can still help facilitate church planting. Did you know that we have two churches meeting in our facility on Sundays after you guys leave? Two. We have a ministry called uh, Evangelize the World Ministries that meets in here. And then we have a, another church that just started meeting last week called Mission Church over in the, the student center side. And both of these churches are, are ones that have started to grow and started, especially Evangelize the World Ministries has been, been a church that has started to grow. They started with five, they're at like 20 now. And that's just since they've been here. They've been with us for about a year. They've been renting from us for about a year. But the pastor of that church is so, so full and, and, and ready for evangelism and wants to do those things that even we've been talking about possibly partnering up and doing something during the summer for downtown like evangelism and, and maybe like a, a whole worship set, whatever that looks like. But we've just been working through and, and having those initial conversations with them. And there's a church called Mission Church that Vicky mentioned a couple weeks ago, but there's a Ukrainian church that's meeting up in the, uh, up in the youth center, the student center, and, and that, that church is mainly a church plant of Ukrainian refugees. And last week was their first week here, and they had 140 people. This past weekend, they've just been, like, getting things ready over there, and they, like, it, it was crazy, like, putting up lights, and they have their own sound system up there and all this stuff, and I was like, wow, this is crazy. And, and even that, like, that understanding of, man, we can definitely help facilitate this church plant. They're not going to be here long. They're just getting ready. This is a launch pad. This isn't a, this isn't a place to come and stay. This is a launch pad for them. And so we're facilitating. Maybe that's another church plant. Maybe that's other church plants. I don't know what the Lord would have. But maybe that's us partnering and facilitating other church plants. It's, it's not, again, it's not about the name Emmanuel. It's about the kingdom. It's about a kingdom work. It's about what God wants to do here. It's about us praying, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done in Cleveland as it is in heaven. It's praying that prayer that, man, I've, I've stopped praying it and I've started again. John Knox for Scotland. During the Scottish Reformation. Prayed this prayer. He said, Lord, give me Scotland or take my soul. What if we all prayed that, Lord, give me my neighborhood or just take me home? 
Give me Cleveland or take me home. Give me Middleburg Heights or take me home. Give me Strongsville or take me home. Give me Brunswick or take me home. If we prayed bold prayers like that, what would happen? I'll end with this. Morning, you can come. The final verse of this passage that we read, verse 23. Jesus says, Whoever is not with me is against me. Whoever does not gather with me scatters. Final challenge to us today. Yes, there's there's plenty of work to do. There, there are harvest fields ready for the harvest. And it's time for us to go and start working. Jesus' final kind of ending of this conversation. He says those things. And he's making a very distinctive drawing a line, black and white, there is no gray area in what Jesus is saying. He's saying, whoever is not with me is against me. Whoever does not gather with me is scatters. In other words, what he's saying is, is that if you're either for the kingdom or you're against the kingdom, there is no like kingdom friend. Like, a, a, like an acquaintance for the kingdom. There's, no, there's none of that in the kingdom of God. It's either you're for the kingdom and you're all in for what God wants or you're against the kingdom and against what God wants. This is, very, this is something that is very, like, slaps you in your face a little bit. People don't talk like this anymore. Churches don't talk like this anymore. Well, you can be nice, you know, you, you just come in and sit down, just enjoy the time here on Sunday mornings. You can go home, like, yep, you, you're good. You clocked in, clocked out of church. You can go home. It's all good. You're, you're good. Jesus is saying, no, 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 you don't understand. It's either you're all for the kingdom or you're against the kingdom. There are no spectators in the kingdom of God. It's either you're all in or you're not at all. That's it. My challenge for us today is, and my hope and my invitation for you is that you would be all in for what God has. And it's not going to look the same for everybody. It'll look different for you than it looks for me. All in maybe, hey, I'm all in, but maybe the Lord's just like, hey, be all in and just sitting for a minute. And that's okay. But the Lord's sitting there and saying, hey, be all in for the kingdom. It's time for you to get up. Stop sitting down. Start moving. Start doing something. You're for me. If you're not for me, you're against me. Be for the kingdom. Then he says, whoever does not scatter with, gather with me scatters. So not only are you not for the kingdom, but you're also against the kingdom. And in being against the kingdom, you actually hinder the kingdom. The point of gathering is bringing everything to yourself. The point of scattering is taking all the stuff that you have to yourself and 
pushing it out everywhere else. So the point is we want to gather together. We want to build the kingdom. We want to be for the kingdom. My hope, my invitation to us. Again, it's, this is not about how big we are, not about how great we are, not about the name Emmanuel, not about any of those things. God just simply calls us to be faithful. The effectiveness comes after the faithfulness. So many times we want to be effective. We want to say, oh man, we, we've got this, you know, our, our, our church is growing, it's booming, it's, you know, we got to go to three services and, and maybe we'll have to go to seven one day. It's, it's crazy, it's amazing, all this stuff. And yet, that is part of building the kingdom, but at the same time, that doesn't mean that we, we have to wait until that happens in order for us to take the light somewhere else. We want to continue to see the Lord move. We want to continue. Time is too short. I know I'm just rambling at this point, but time is too short for us simply just to come to church and that's it. The kingdom of God is upon you. A strong man is bound. Let's go plunder his house. Let's go restore what the enemy wanted to destroy. Let's go redeem the things that the enemy would, would want to just be cast aside forever. His armor is taken. Let's plunder his house question I have for us this morning is will you be about the kingdom through loving the land? That's the whole point of this is we want to establish the kingdom of God. Again, I don't care who gets the credit. I just want to, I just want to see the kingdom of God here. I want to see 1.2 million people know exactly who Jesus is because the faithfulness of believers to tell them. I want to make it hard to live in Cleveland and not hear the name Jesus. That's where we're going. I don't know when we'll get there, but that's where we're going. And it takes us simply saying, I'll be faithful. Whatever it is, I'll be faithful. Will you be about the kingdom through loving the land? Let's pray.